You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you have enjoyed an episode, then please, please open up Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And if you think we deserve it, scroll to the bottom, select write a review, and leave us a five-star rating with a review that states where you are from and one aspect of the show that you love. Once you do that, send me a screenshot and I will feature you on a future show and shout you out on my Instagram that has over 10,000 followers. Now let's get to the show with our newest guest. How's it going, guys? My name is Will Holger, and I am the host of Willpower Podcast. They have a very special guest. His name is Blake Herdline, and Blake runs a digital marketing company that has grossed over half a million dollars in 2019 with 23 clients, and three of those clients for Fortune 500. On top of that, he's an author of a digital marketing book, and he's only 25, so it was an honor to have him on here. So, Blake, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Will. It's a privilege to be on here with you. I appreciate you hopping on and taking time of your precious day. Uh, so to start off, let's kind of just jump right into it. Uh, kind of walk me through your childhood. Like, what was it like and how has it affected you? Yeah, so my childhood was, you know, pretty normal. Um, I went to a, you know, the, the it's funny, my neighborhood, we our elementary school is actually in their neighborhood. So we always had that traffic coming in and out, which is nice when you live, like you can walk from your elementary school to your house because you're literally two seconds away. But when you're older, you know, when you're trying to get out at 1, 2 p.m. and you got all this, you know, traffic coming in, you're like, oh, now I have to wait for the stop sign, you know. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a relatively normal family. We did a lot of, uh, we actually did a lot of, you know, I did a sports. I was into football, which I played through high school. Um, and I was part of, we did karate. Um, so I was, you know, self uh, really involved in the community as well as I was in, you know, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. Um, and I actually became an Eagle Scout. So, you know, you know, giving back to my community was always, you know, important to me. Um, you know, even as a child, you know, we did a lot of community service for, we did food pantries and, you know, church, you know, church outings, you know, uh, where we went out in, you know, uh, not really a church outing cause we weren't part of the church, but we went to, you know, um, you know, elderly people and gave them Christmas baskets around the holidays. So I've always tried to, you know, you know, I've had, yeah, I was, you know, blessed with a decent childhood. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely obviously we're involved in a lot of things, too, which is really cool to see giving back to community and just being active all the time. Um, so were your parents kind of on the entrepreneurial side of things or did they work kind of the nine to five jobs? Actually, uh, yeah, they were. It's funny because and, and I could tell you later about it, but I was not an entrepreneur. And that was something that was bit not important to me as I was not into that kind of thing growing up. And it wasn't even in college. I wasn't. It was. Um, a combination of factors that kind of led to that path. 
they so they weren't entrepreneur you know entrepreneurs my mom's was a special ed teacher and my dad worked in corporate america within telecommunications for telecommunications company um and they you know i feel like you know my dad always wanted to go the entrepreneur path but he just never did and i had no intentions of growing up i would i wanted to be one of the like suits and work in corporate america and you know because I, I enjoy some structure and stuff like that and um you know you know not saying 20 years from now i could be doing that you know so i have nothing against corporate america i just uh you know kind of a factor just led into uh, me being an entrepreneur okay so kind of jump back into your story so in high school kind of walk me through like were you a straight a student or were you kind of on the lower end of things like c plus d kind of student um i was you know and i think you know and they always say b students rule the world <laughs> in a sense where i was pretty much from elementary to high school through that those years i was a consistent b student like just b like i i i never strayed really into c category but i was never like i couldn't get up to that uh, you know upper echelon of a student you know so um you know i i think you know that's what they say is like b students are you know pretty much the well more balanced students i would say um you know they 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 care enough to uh you know get the get a decent grade but they they just you know sometimes they leave out some of the details they're more big picture folks where you know sometimes they don't get the details to get to the a level students so um you know i think i was always a consistent b student okay awesome and then after high school where did you end up going to college i went to temple university fox business school um you know I originally wanted to be actually, it's funny, uh, risk management insurance major, and they were ranked uh, number two in the entire country in that department. So I got accepted to Temple University, and that was my goal was to do do that. Uh, what ended up happening was I just didn't enjoy it. It was like, I, I don't mind, you know, insurance is very boring, and I knew that going into it, but it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. Um, and I, I didn't enjoy some of the professors um, in that. So I was looking, I'm like, oh no, I'm, this is not what I want to do anymore. So what should I do? So I looked up, you know, something that was always passionate to me was marketing and digital marketing. Um, so I, you know, and I know at the time it was ranked in the top 10 somewhere in their marketing management program at Temple. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed my professors and I did well in those classes. Um, um, so, um, you know, I think, you know, I got a really good education and, you know, Temple University is part of why I'm successful to this day. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, digital marketing is definitely a very good major. It's only going to get better into the future as obviously as things become more online and more digitalized. Um, so that's really cool to see. So after college, what was your next path in your career? Did you get a job or did you go straight into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I actually worked with a contract with Subaru for a little while. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really talk about that too much, but it did help me with more of the traditional part of marketing. And, you know, I wanted a digital marketing career, not a marketing in general. You know, I want to be a little bit more specific um, and, I, and yeah. I wanted to take the next step. And I think digital marketing is today and the future. I know we are in some very, very tough times, um, you know, and I am, you know, I understand that. And it's definitely it's, it's impacted my company and I'm sure it impacted a lot of other people as well. Um, you know, and, and thanks, thank you to all our first responders out there helping us get through this very difficult time. 
How long were you with Subaru before you switched over to your own company? Oh yeah. So, so yeah. So I went at Subaru. I, I was a contract and then I actually worked. Um, I was you, you, doing user testing and as a junior UX researcher, uh, user, te user tester. Um, and I did a little bit of marketing for them as well. And I worked with electronic arts with EA, which is the biggest video game publisher, Elaine Bryant, Verizon. Uh, I got experience in a lot of different, um, industries, which is, I'm very fortunate for, um, you know, you know, and I was very lucky to get, get that experience. And after that, so I, I, it was kind of on a contract basis. It was kind of like you do projects here and there. It's almost like a consulting role, um, per se. Um, they were like shorter projects. They were like eight, eight to like maybe 15 weeks. So they weren't like year long prod, you know, consulting things or on contract. It was just kind of this, you know, I, I kind of, you know, the, like companies would go to this company, which was a multi-billion dollar company, Silicon Valley company. And then they would give me projects that kind of fit my build or, you know, stuff. So um, I started really as a user tester and UX research, which is another very uh, trending industry nowadays as well. Um, and, yeah. and, um, and so after that, I um, worked for a medical device company called uh, Savantos and I was an account executive uh, and I also helped with the loyalty marketing program a little bit as well. So I did some marketing and some, you know, negotiation and upselling and sales as well. So I got to be, you know, in some of my previous roles, I got to be, you know, um, somebody who looked at sales. Um, you know, I helped, you know, support sales, not in all my marketing roles, but some of my marketing roles, I was supported sales. But in this, in this case, I was, you actually got to use my marketing knowledge and, you know, and then that actually helped me be a, be a better salesman. And I actually was the top inside salesman, the last, um, um, the, the top account executive or inside sales representative for the company my last month there and then COVID actually hit so what i was actually working with this company you know my my company herdline we were on a part-time basis and then this transitioned to a full-time basis and um when COVID hit um and i also published my book the principles of brand marketing which you which you uh think um you which you talked about and um I published it that same year and it was the number one new uh, book on Amazon for eight straight weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's that, pretty impressive. And, yeah. I was just going to say the principles of brand marketing, the book, it, it actually, I wanted to explain a little bit about it. Basically, it helps small businesses build an online presence. This is for people who, who don't know how to expand their business. Maybe they're a successful business. Maybe they're not. But this book is for people who want to get, you know, build, you know, expand their business. And I talk about the organic um, and how using social media organically and posting regularly is super important when SEO enriched posts. And then also, you know, I, I start to introduce the paid approach and some of the terminology in the book is very complex. So what I do is I use examples of big companies to make it easier for, you know, um, the, the reader to consume that knowledge. Right. Yeah. And very cool. And I'm sure a lot of companies would need that book today, especially with COVID. So everything's going online and companies have to adjust to what's happening nowadays in the world. And congrats for having the one book on Amazon for eight months. That's not very easy to do. So that's eight a weeks, huge only eight weeks, but it was still, it was still uh, pretty popular. Eight, so. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to misquote that. <laughs> yeah. That's still pretty good. Still pretty good. Um, so I kind of want to know, like when you were growing up, obviously you didn't have the entrepreneurial mindset. Your parents were not entrepreneurs. So what made you want to start herd line marketing to begin with? 
Um, I think it was, I, you know, I was coming out of college with somebody, I was, I would say a little arrogant, uh, but I had internships under my belt and I thought it would be pretty easy to get a marketing job. And in, that was not the case at all. It was, you know, I went through a lot of interviews, a lot of rejections, a lot of, you know, a lot of, it was a very dark place to be honest with you um in my life you know and this is before covid too so i don't you know and it was i i thought i mean i was a little bit arrogant but i feel like i eventually got over the arrogance of you know now i'm like you know what do i do and i i worked hard to try to you know secure some of these jobs and i was you know struggling and so i wanted to do something you know to show that you know look at what I can do. And, you know, just in the company, and I can talk about the clients, but just in the company, like what I did in the short period of time, you know, I'm is kind of, you know, I would, you know, it, it's, it's something that was really amazed me what I, my skills actually can accomplish. Sometimes you don't really know what you're capable of until you do it. And it was like, cause, and I didn't really know until actually LinkedIn is what really taught me. I was looking at these other marketing agencies because LinkedIn has a feature. Um, you know, I don't know if you know, under the company where you could see other companies that are, you know, in your industry and you can see their, their followers per week, their engagement rate and their total followers. And I saw my followers growing grow and grow right, yeah but even yeah. even the even the, the companies that had way more followers than me i was noticing i was getting more followers per week than they were and their companies were around a lot longer and my engagement rate on my post because we had high quality posts and we didn't skimp at all you know were at like a six seven percent engagement rate so that's kind of when i really started to see like mm -hmm. wow this is what can we do here you know <laughs> right yeah that's definitely impressive so walk me through, like, what was that startup process like and how did you guys do right in the beginning? Yeah. So what, what, what thing that I did was I got, you know, some really good people on consulting. And one of the things I did was did a lot of, you know, networking. I think very networking is very important. And I gave people like, you know, hey, can, you know, if, you know, if I put you on a contract, you can still work at your job. You know, can you do a little bit, you know, if I have some clients, I'll give you a certain percentage of whatever the profits. And so I, you know, and then I built up a team and that took a long time. And I think that was, it was great to do that. And I also did a lot of cold calling and I, you know, cold calling, you know, it's, it's decades old, it's a decade old trick, but it, it really was work. Um, and I preferred that over email because I didn't have success with the emails. Um, but, and I worked really hard and I helped, had a couple of salespeople to help me and, you know, and I slowly kind of trickled in and, you know, and it just slowly starts to build and it, you know, and what happens is, you know, once you just, you know, just keep going and keep going and keep going and eventually, you know, you'll, you know, you can, you can really, you know, you'll have something, you know, you'll have something tangible. Right, right. And I love what you mentioned about building the team as well, because I think a lot of companies, they, they struggle to build teams or new entrepreneurs struggle to build a team, whether it's like even like the real estate space or digital marketing or literally any entrepreneur, like most of the times you're going to have to build a team in order to scale in the future. And, and so then you can like pass on the work to them. So you're not doing everything when it comes down to it in the long run. So kind of walking through that process, like how did you start to build your team? How did you reach out to clients? And what did that whole side of things look like? Yeah, I reached out to some people I knew that was in digital marketing that wanted to, you know, still build like they were still kind of starting out per se, but then I need some people that were more advanced. So I would, you know, 
you know, call around and see if I could, you know, one thing I think that was very important and was, was actually partnering with other digital marketing agencies that weren't in my niche. So I worked, my niche was really like at the, the beginning, especially it was like dental, um, chiropractors, you know, sometimes a little construction. And I worked with, you know, you know, other agencies that were maybe an automobile, like they were, that's what their niche was. I didn't work with general agencies. I worked with niche agencies. And I think niche is a great way. I would recommend starting that way as well. Um, you know, that's who I, you know, um, I've talked to other agency owners. That's how they told me to start. And I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to do that. So, um, um, so that's what I reached out to other, you know, agencies. And so we could work together. So if I had an automobile, if I was, you know, someone came across, I can give them, give them their, ref, you know, referral and then they could refer me. And so I think, you know, building partnerships with other agencies was very important too. Um, so, you know, working together, you know, working apart, you know, working together is going to be much more beneficial than working alone. Right. Right. And I love what you said about finding other people that, we're not in your niche because I feel that if you reach out to people that were in your niche, they were not really going to help you. But since yeah, you exactly. <laughs> since you strategized and went above and beyond, and now you're going to get referrals from these other people as well, and you can help them out as well. I think that's just a lot better of a combination. I think other entrepreneurs should realize that as well. Um, so, so what do you actually do for the companies? Do you run ads for them? Do you build websites? Or what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do a combination of things. So we have a consumer line and then we have a business service line. So our consumer, our, our, I'll go with the business line is our main, our, our flagship products, our flagship services that, you know, have been the staple of the company are uh, social media advertising, social media marketing and website development and design. Those have been the flagship services of our company. And that's you know, our highest graded, you know, service from our clients have told us and they, they love it. Uh, but we do PPC marketing, which is, we, we do an excellent job with that, um, as well. Um, you know, um, uh, I just recommend it less often because this is the way, um, you know, cause especially the clients I deal with mostly, I do have a few major clients, but most of my clients are small business owners. So I don't want the start up. I don't want to like the be. I like when we can use imagery and, and video and that's something you really can't do with PPC marketing. Um, and other business services, we do reputation management. And I actually, my cousin owns a, a big franchise down in, in, um, the Norfolk area, uh, uh, Cal's pizza, you know, shout out to that. But, um, uh, and we, I helped him with his reputation management and, you know, so, you know, building a strong reputation is very important too. Um, cause negative reviews can really temper, you know, are terrible for your business. Um, and what we did for him basically is we would, we would have somebody who would, you know, respond to both negative and positive reviews. If it was a negative review, you know, we would go into, you know, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry for your, you know, it was a pizza restaurant. So it's, you know, sorry for whatever happened, you know, blah, 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 you know, uh, please reach out. But we also, one thing that I think is very important is also getting those positive reviews. If someone took the time out of their day to write a positive review on your business, you should, you should, you should take the time out of your day to, you know, respond to that. If it's not you have somebody do it though. And so, and what happened was he slowly built, you know, slowly his, you know, reviews were, you know, when we address the negative ones, some people would go back and, you know, 
you know, leave a better review, maybe not five stars, but maybe if, instead of one star, they would leave a three star or one star to a uh, two star to a four star or something like that. So reputation was it's actually a really big part of it. And I think it's kind of a sub, I don't want to say a spinoff, but it's kind of a little bit of off of social media management. And it's kind of like, it's, it's a less expensive service for people who can't afford the social media uh, management aspect. And then um, other services um, include, um, on the consumer line, we have a consumer line, which I started last year. So it's still relatively new, but we do, um, you know, professional resume writing, LinkedIn profile optimization, um, you know, a logo design. And we also do business logo design as well. So that's a both a B2B and a B2C uh, service. Um, and so we have a quite a bit of a line there for, you know, we want to meet people's needs and we want to, I think nowadays, especially like you, you need to have a structured plan for every one of your services, but also you need some little bit of personalization as well. Right. Right. And for those that don't know, like what is PPC marketing? Uh, pay-per-click, uh, marketing. Um, normally we run it through, um, so basically it's when you click on a, when you click on an ad, ad you only get charged when that consumer clicks on it and we primarily do with google um i so that's the only program i've used with uh, ppc marketing but i'm there's other you know affiliates and stuff like that where you can do ppc marketing as well through it but for our clients we've only done google right right okay interesting and so obviously you started this out with yourself and now you're building a team um so how do you guys reach out and get clients like what are your guys's processes for that because i know that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle to get clients for their own businesses or their own um niches or whatever they're working on so how do you guys go about getting clients yeah so we have uh you know uh three you know uh i don't want to say three thong good uh prong approach thongs not sorry prong approach but we so i used to so it's, it's been different so covid has definitely been an impact and it's definitely a, it really is you know our strategy has had to you know adapt to it covid and all of what's going on but when we originally did i had outside sales team um which no longer exists right now uh hopefully we'll eventually you know get back to that but so i had to create an inside sales team which you know they reach out to clients uh you know, we generate leads, uh, we pay for leads. So, you know, to help them out, but also, you know, they have to do their own, um, you know, you know, maybe going to a local, it's usually by state. So if someone's in Texas, they do a certain area of Texas, like Houston, and they go out and, you know, um, do that, but they also have to be in the calls and, you know, doing a lot of inside sales. So they have to, you know, call these businesses, you know, you know, get in touch with the decision maker and then, you know, scheduling a meeting and then maybe going in or doing a virtual appointment, which is different than we used to. We used to do all, you know, in, you know, we used to go all outside because I think outside, I really do. And I still think that to this day is, you know, a meeting personally is the best way to do business, um, you know, with a handshake in the old fashioned way, but it's still a great way to do business. But because a lot of people don't really like the virtual and it loses some of that personal touch as well. And but we also do paid advertising. So we do a lot of paid advertising for our business. Um, we also do, uh, you know, uh, you know, at, you know, we advertise on all different social medias from Twitter to Facebook. Um, and we target through our demographics, which we've done tons of research on. Um, and we, um, uh, you know, we, you know, yeah, do we do, um, like LinkedIn outreach as well? Um, and, 
Yeah, that's really the two ways we do business a lot. I'm probably missing one because we, there is another way, but I just can't. I'm uh, missing it right now. But yeah, I think the old fashioned approach and the new fashion, basically. And that's funny because it's digital marketing. So it's like we're doing the old, still, we're still doing old fashioned sales, but we're also doing, you know, more, uh, the, you know, paid advertising um, and doing A B testing on those ads as well, which we do for clients as well. It's funny. We do it for our business, but we also do it for clients. So, right, right. And so with your sales team you put together, are they commission based or are they salary based? So we usually give, I give a base and then plus commission. And uh, because of its lower base, uh, I have to make up, and this is not to everyone. It's all a little bit different depending on how much sales experience they have, but we usually do a base and then we do a, a commission as well. Um, and, you know, we give a certain percentage of, of sales, um, you know, depending on the service. Um, and, you know, and then we also do a residual. So they get a residual. So every month, you know, if they put them on a contract, the client, they put them on a contract, they get a certain percent, you know, they get like 2% residual every single month of that contract. And then if the contract gets renewed, they also get 2%, 2%, 2%. So. Okay. So for when you're building a sales team, did you have clients before you built the team? Because like, how would you pay them if you don't have any clients? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't, uh, you have to, uh, you have to, uh, you know, do it yourself. I think you have to, you have to put in the grind work, get a couple clients. And then once you have some money coming in, you'd reinvest that in your business and then you can start paying base and commission and then you can start, you know, expanding, but you got to do it first yourself. You got to hustle and put in the hard work yourself, which a lot of people, yeah. and that's where a lot of see the difference between a lot of uh, failures and successes is people don't want to put in that work and then eventually just falls apart because they can't hire anybody. And then, you know, it's a mess. Right. Right. So are your clients and like, how long are your contract with your clients? Are they like year, six months or what does that look like? Cause obviously you're making money every month off of them. Yeah. So it really depends on the client. So we do contracts. We have contracts with people just for a year. And then we have ones for like, you know, up to four years. I'm trying to get somebody on five. I haven't done it yet, but, um, but we do, we do one to five years usually like that's kind of like the recommendation I give to like the salespeople, like put them one to five and, you know, you know, sometimes we can upsell them and sometimes I'm like, nah, just let's see, let's see how it goes, especially with the client. I like try to, you know, analyze the client by talking to them a few times before we kind of decide which kind of contract, because if they're a really demanding, you know, the, like like overly obsessive client that's going to take up way too much of our time because you got to put time into time is a factor especially if they're not going to put in tons of money you know i don't want to have them for five years it's just going to be a pain you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um especially since you know it, it's contracts a contract so you're doing the work you know you say you're going to do the work and they're going to pay you each month so we want to make sure our time's efficient so i reckon i i usually put them on like a two one year contract and then you know, when we renew, we go for, you know, if they're, they're satisfied with our service, um, I try to push for, you know, you know, um, four or five years. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Congrats on the four to five year stuff. And it's tough. Like- I haven't done five years yet, to be honest. I mean, but I, but I've had in four years a couple of times. I mean, when I renew, I right. even like two to four years, like that's insane to me just because, you know, so much can change and you know, the way that you're, you're, 
you're uh, convincing these people, like it's pretty cool to see because obviously you work with them for a while. Um, so that's going to be good uh, revenue coming in like for four years. That's pretty much like guaranteed stuff. Well, by that cool. time too, you got to realize that these people have been with you for a while. And so they know what you, they know what, what's up, you know what I mean? So they know that they're getting quality product. And that's been very important to me is quality. I know people, agencies that are much richer than me and much you know stronger than me that have, you know, that do the crappy quality and they still get the clients because they, they convince them that they're doing a good job. They got a lot of like sleazy salespeople there. And that's not the case. I really want to give them a high quality product. And, you know, we're not, we're, we're more boutique than you know some of these other the big shots so and you know which comes which you know there's there's good things about that because you're getting probably most of the time you're getting better quality but the bad thing sometimes you know they you know you have more money to kind of push their weight around which is annoying but that's what happens in business right right so talk to me about your three fortune 500 clients because Obviously, it's not easy to get clients like this, and most more than likely, they already have digital marketing or stuff like that going on in their company. So, how are you able to get these these clients? Yeah, I can't say the name because you know NDAs, uh, but I will say I will say um, uh, with them is usually a, every bit. And I've worked in corporate, you know, with billion dollar companies like Savantos. Um, you know, they outsource you know even even with a marketing program you know program they have so much going on especially these big 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 businesses that they want they know it's sometimes cheaper just to outsource some of their marketing so i don't get all their marketing i get a certain like maybe for one client i do social media advertising for or one client I do social media marketing for but i'm not doing everything in marketing they're just paying me to do one particular thing for them Gotcha. That's pretty impressive. And I'm kind of curious, like, like, what's your success ratio with those bigger companies? Like, how many do you have to reach out to, and how many do you actually get from like from reaching out to them? A lot, a lot, a lot, a <laughs> lot. It is, it is. It honestly, like, what happens is it's usually referred to get when you when you want to get those major major clients because especially. I was not looking for major clients. Um, they just found out through through the like grapevine, honestly, you know, through that we did high quality work and we were we were a smaller company, but we did high quality work. And you know, um, you know, we don't we don't we don't do shortcuts. And I think that's really how they you know some of them reached out to me, but you know, but most of the time, like I get referred to the major clients because of the hard work that we put in. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And yeah. I just got one more question for you. So out of all the social media platforms they're using for advertising for your clients and for yourself to reach out to clients, which ones have you seen to be the most successful and the most ROI? Uh, can you repeat that question? Sorry. Yeah. So what social media platform has you have you found to have the best ROI when you're like doing um, advertising for clients or you're reaching out to potential clients yourself by running ads, like which social media platform have you found to be the best? So I say, you know, I have statistics that I can tell you, actually, I'll tell you which one, but I, um, it really, I want to stress that it depends on your business. So if you have, especially like personal brands, if you want to be like, you know, an influencer stuff like that, you know, I, I always say Instagram, uh, you know, or a restaurant, I think Instagram, because you can put out dishes, you can show out videos and those dishes and all like, you know, the, these beautiful high end pictures, you know what I mean? Uh, and videos, um, you know, and if it's, and if you're working in like a lot of consulting, 
I recommend LinkedIn and stuff like that. So it does, definitely depends. But overall, if you want to take the average of every different industry and the best ROI for your your money, and I would I would definitely say Facebook advertising, no doubt. It's it's less you know it's less restrictive. There's more you can do. You can narrow your down your lookalike audiences, and you can do um, uh, you know you could do your demographics, uh, you know income. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways, factors that you could put in so you can get your ideal target there. And you're, so it's less wasting of your advertising budget. Right. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. I should definitely do more stuff on Facebook. That's like the, my least favorite platform. It, is, but it also depends on your plat. Like, I don't want to like, it's not, you know, it's not the end all be all. And that's what I try to stress too, is like people like Facebook, but then it's like, well, you might be better off, you know, with your special, especially your business, you might be better off on LinkedIn. I would do the research before you, you just put, I, I would actually diversify honestly with you with, with everything. And that's what we do most of the time, but I do like yeah. Facebook. Uh, but you know, especially with new advertising, you know, and you, and this is something that I'm still reading up on will, um, you know, they have a lot of restrictions on certain thing. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg got really angry because there's certain, and I wrote an article about this um, that you could find on www.herdline.com. But, um, you know, cause we have a bloggers corner on there as well. Uh, but, you know, there's so many restrictions now with just different things. So, you know, Facebook is my favorite, but you know, it, it might not be the best for your certain business. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to test just like you were saying, you got to test. It yeah, out. exactly. Um, so before we run out of time, is there anything else you would like to say? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yes, thanks, Will. Um, they can reach me. I have, I'm on LinkedIn on pretty much every day, uh, Blake Herdline. And then uh, my website, www.herdline.com. And then, you know, um, yeah, uh, send me a DM if you're interested in some of our services. Um, and I thank you for the time, Will. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Yeah, of course. It's been really cool to meet you and see your business grow. All right, guys, there you have it. Blake Herdline, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we